0: Giving birth is one of the most significant events of your life. Sadly, the joy that you should feel can often be replaced with anxiety and helplessness instead. As a labor and delivery nurse, I'm revealing insider information to educate you, reassure you and decrease your fear. In this podcast, you'll hear empowering birth stories and experts weigh in on a range of topics. Being Jewish also has me exploring Judaism's influence on the reproductive experience. However, I speak to anyone wishing to navigate their journey with more joy and confidence. I'm your host, Hani Fingerer, and you're listening to the Happy Birthday Podcast. Life's better with American Family Insurance. Because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Welcome to episode 69 of the Happy Birthday podcast. Full disclosure, I am right now in my car recording this It's just a really hectic time, and I had to be out of town shopping for Pesach and doing all the things. And I have a really busy week coming up, so I wanted to get this out as soon as possible. So if you hear any car engines turning on or car doors slamming because I'm sitting here in a parking lot or dogs barking, then I apologize in advance. All right, so the hottest Jewish topic these days, Pesach, Passover, is coming up really soon and among all of the changes that are happening for so many people for all of us there are special considerations for those of you who are pregnant who are postpartum who are breastfeeding a newborn and anyone who's got babies and little kids it can be a tough week and there are so many different things that I wanted to address, but there is a theme that kept coming up when I did some research out there on my Instagram, and that is constipation. That is seems to be the number one thing that people are worried about, and it can affect you during pregnancy, it can affect you during postpartum, and to some extent, it can affect a newborn's digestion if you are eating matzah and breastfeeding. So... First and foremost, I want to address this issue. It's going to take up an entire podcast. If I have time, which um, don't hold your breath, I may address some other really important things that I wish I can address. And otherwise, you may have to wait until next year. So let's get down to the nitty and gritty of why constipation is such a big issue over Pesach. The number one culprit is matzah. Matzah is very dense. So if you think about it proportionately, the flour and water is pretty high which means that eating just a little bit of matzah you're getting a ton of flour and this flour does not have fiber in it. Fiber is really important to help move things along in your digestive tract. And so basically you're eating a lot of bulk, bulky matza. You're putting that into your system and there's no fiber to help it move along. Now let's discuss the special considerations for each phase of having a baby. Let's start with pregnancy. During pregnancy in your first trimester and in your third trimester especially, we all know, I mean, or maybe not if you've never experienced it, but we know that most of the time the middle trimester, second trimester is that honeymoon period. Period where things can be a little bit easier in terms of many common symptoms of pregnancy. But in your first trimester and in your third trimester, your digestive tract may be a lot slower than normal. Um, your body is releasing a lot of different hormones to sustain your pregnancy. One of those hormones is relaxin, and just like it sounds, it helps relax all of your ligaments and your smooth muscles and your entire body to accommodate a pregnancy. What else it does is it relaxes your digestive tract because your digestive digestive tract is just a bunch of smooth muscles. And so it's very common for women to get constipated when they are pregnant. And especially in your first trimester, your body's starting to release all of that relaxin. Then in your third trimester, things kind of slow down because you have a baby in there that's taking up all the room and may just make things move along a lot slower in your digestive system. So forget about Pesach. During pregnancy, some people will experience constipation for the first time in their life, and other people will, who have a history of constipation will experience it a lot more severely. When you are postpartum, especially in the first few weeks postpartum, we all know that a common fear of women is to have their first poop, to have their first bowel movement. After you give birth during the labor process, or if you've had a C-section, you've had major surgery, your body's not really as concerned with digesting food. It's got a lot harder things to do, whether it's labor or it is recovering from major surgery that is right by your entire abdominal area. And so it is common to be constipated in your postpartum period, at least for the first week or two. And it's a common fear of people to um, have their first bowel movement, which, by the way, does not have to be as bad as some people are afraid. Remember that you pushed out a baby and a placenta um, and or had major surgery, which is a lot more difficult. Um, but it is a common fear and it is very possible for you to be more constipated because you've not had a bowel movement in quite some time. And so that is a consideration postpartum. Now with breastfeeding, not everybody knows this, but eating matzah can actually affect your newborn's digestive system. It can make them more constipated or it can just make them more gassy and more fussy. And that came to me as a total surprise when I had my baby a few weeks before Pesach. I remember she was about three weeks old or so and she became so fussy and just colicky and just like crying the entire time and seemed like she was in so much distress. I didn't know what to do. I called a lactation consultant who suggested that I switch from Uh, hand matzah to machine matzah. And that really, really helped. And I was shocked to find out that myself eating matzah would affect my breast milk to the point that it would affect my baby's digestive system. But that is a real thing. An additional consideration for anyone who is pregnant or postpartum is the fact that you are more predisposed to developing hemorrhoids, which essentially are enlarged blood vessels. Think about like varicose veins that you'll see on your legs where they're kind of backed up with blood and they're larger. So this is essentially a similar thing except in your rectal area. And so these hemorrhoids, they look like clusters. Some people have internal hemorrhoids, so you can't actually see it. But they are painful, and they're caused by an uh, increase in blood volume that your body has to handle during pregnancy, and they can be caused by constipation as well. They can be worsened during labor. Obviously, you have a lot of pressure on your entire pelvic floor, and so, again, they can be very, very painful, and that is an additional consideration for why it's so important to a uh, reduce the chances of you getting constipated and if you're at the point where you are actually constipated it's really important to treat the constipation as soon as possible. So for starters how can we help you reduce the likelihood of having constipation or again how can we reduce the constipation if it is already an existing problem for you? For starters try to minimize how much matzah you eat. I know that there's a lot less that you can eat on Pesach especially for us Ashkenazim and you know it might be easy to just munch on matzah because it's crispy and crunchy and it's there however the less matzah you eat the less likely you will be to cause problems with constipation and Many people have told me that, you know, they they really just stick to the shiurim, the allotted amounts that you need to eat during the Seder, and then wash and eat just the minimal amount of matzah that they need in order to bench. And I have found for myself that I do this every single Pesach now. I really am mindful at reducing how much matzah I eat. Additionally, machine matzah tends to be a lot less bulky than handmade matzah, and there are different kinds of handmade matzah. Some is uh, some matzahs are a lot thinner than other matzahs. So if you can get your hands on thinner matzah, that's going to be better because orm, the allotted amounts that you need to eat, they're measured in volume, not in weight, right? So we're not weighing how much you have to eat. We're taking a round matzah no matter how thick or thin it is and it has to be a certain amount. If you're going to eat matzah and your minhug, your custom is that you can eat machine. matzah. I know that some people during the Seder they are strict to just have handmade matzah but otherwise they will eat machine matzah. I know some people are stricter and they will not eat machine matzah so that is admittedly a limitation for those of you who have that minhag that custom but if you can get your hands on machine matzah anytime that you can eat matzah that is machine matzah it's going to help reduce the uh, bulk and the likelihood of getting constipated. So even even for myself, like if I'm going to have matzah pizza or things like that, then I really try to use um, the machine matzah. If you eat Gibrox, which means dipping matzah into a liquid, then if you're going to have any kind of matzah dish, it does help to soak the matzah in some kind of liquid. It's going to help it go down better. So that is a prerequisite tip for you in order to help reduce or prevent constipation. Now I'd like to break down the two types of categories of helping to reduce or treat constipation. The first being non-pharmacological, which means natural remedies and things you can do. And the second is pharmacological. We'll get into The medications that can be used to treat constipation. My number one tip that I will give you that I give everybody for many, many, many different ailments is drink more water. The more fluids that you have in your body, the better it will help move things along in your digestive tract. Drinking water is the cure for so many things, including reducing constipation. So whether it's on Pesach or not on Pesach, Keeping really, really, really well hydrated is going to make your stool softer. Staying hydrated means drinking lots of water, not soda, not juice... You can have tea because the concentration of water is very high. If you really don't like the taste of water, first of all, just so you know, it does usually grow on you. Um, You just have to get used to it. But you can add some fruit to your water. You can add a little bit of juice to your water. And um, you can drink seltzer that's flavored. So drinking as much water as you can. It's not an all or nothing. If you really detest the flavor of water, then try to have as much of it in ratio as you can to juice and other beverages. My next tip for you is to stay active. That means to walk. Now, if you are postpartum really, really, really early on, um, especially if you've had a c-section, then Make sure to walk a little bit but don't overdo it. Um and during pregnancy or if you're a few weeks, you know, past postpartum, walking will help your digestive system get moving and it will help move things along so that your um, bowels so that your stool does not stay in your digestive tract for so long that it starts to get hard so walking be mindful of walking it's great it improves your mood and so many other things and hopefully we'll have beautiful weather over Pesach hopefully it will not be cold hopefully there will not be a snowstorm as there was once in Connecticut when I was home for Pesach and hopefully it will not be raining so really be mindful of walking it's good for so many other things too. Let's cover some foods that you can be eating that are going to help with your digestion. First of all, any fruit that has a high level of water, such as watermelon, other melons, kiwi, oranges, anything that has a high water content is really good for you because it helps move things along with the hydration. Plus, a lot of the fruit has fiber in it, such as, you know, oranges, apples. Um, apples and pears all of those things have a lot of fiber in it and they have a lot of water. So trying to eat as much fruit as you can is really helpful. And the number one fruit are Prunes. Now, prunes, some people act, absolutely detest them. They do not like prunes. But I challenge you to stew some in some hot water. And it makes a little bit more gentle. And you can just drink the hot water if you don't want to eat the actual prune. Um, but it just makes it easier to digest. If you are going to have prune juice, then really mix the prune juice with some warm water. Because if you drink straight up prune juice and your body's not used to it, you can have the runs. Like, you can literally have diarrhea and you don't want that either so go slow with the prune juice and see how your body reacts to it but it is a great 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 natural remedy for constipation and you can also put that into your compost so you have kind of like a smaller ratio of it i actually really wonder in the hospital why we don't give prune juice more frequently to patients instead of going straight for the medication to treat their constipation Now, along with the fruit, we cannot forget our veggies, and I recommend having fun with them. I know that some people have minhagim customs to limit certain vegetables, but whatever you can do within your customs, have fun with it. Make different kinds of salads, and if you feel like you can't munch on so many fresh veggies, then steamed veggies are good as well. They have a lot of fiber, and that's going to help get the matzah down. When you are eating, try to be mindful. Have a protein, some meat, some chicken, some eggs, some fish, whatever you feel like you can stomach, and have it along with some veggies to help you digest it better, to help you absorb it better, and also you add bulk that way, and it helps you feel fuller, so that you're not reaching for all of the Pesach candy that's out there. That's so easy to reach for, especially when you're trying to fulfill a craving that you have for the typical foods that you eat. That you are not eating on Pesach. Now that I've covered these natural remedies which I really encourage you to be proactive in trying as soon as possible because it's better than having to go to medications and you may still need medications and that's totally fine especially stool softeners but these are all great natural methods to try so why not do as many of them as you can. For medications to help you prevent and treat constipation, there are two main categories that come to mind and those are stool softeners and laxatives. And they both work in different ways. Stool softeners are a lot less invasive than laxatives are. So let's get into each one and how it works. When talking about any medications, I want to remind you that this is all just informational. I'm not giving you individualized medical advice that you must run by your individual provider. I'm just giving you education on how these medications work and ultimately you need to discuss them with your doctor or midwife. Stool softeners should be taken regularly if you are prone to constipation especially in the postpartum period. We really offer it frequently unless somebody is having normal soft stool bowel movement. The most common stool softener is colase and the generic name is docusate. It is over the counter. And basically what it does is it absorbs more water in your digestive tract into your stool, which makes your stool softer, which means that it doesn't actually make your intestines have a bowel movement. But when you're you do have a bowel movement, that bowel movement is going to be softer because what constipation essentially is, is hard stool. And it should be taken like regularly twice a day. Where I work, we routinely offer it patients after they give birth until they have their first bowel movement and it's a good idea to take it like that. If you're prone to constipation or actually experiencing constipation during pregnancy you may be told to take that during pregnancy as well. So we kind of view it as a first line of defense in order to treat constipation or help prevent it however if that alone is not helping then you are going to be probably recommended to take a laxative laxatives are not as gentle laxatives what they do is is they make the actual muscles of your digestive system help expel the bowel movement and that can be more irritating it can cause diarrhea it can cause discomfort but if needed then it should be taken there are different kinds of laxatives some are taken by mouth some are actually suppositories that you put in rectally miralax is one of the most common laxatives some people actually just take it every single day to help them have a bowel movement it is more gentle than some other laxatives such as docalax. and as i'm telling you this I am reminded that iron, which is commonly in prenatal pills and many. People who are pregnant are taking iron because iron levels can be low during pregnancy, then I'm reminded to tell you that iron actually can predispose you to constipation as well. One thing that you can do when you take your iron is that you can take it with an acidic drink, such as orange juice or prune juice, and that actually helps you absorb the iron better and will hopefully help reduce the constipation. But be mindful of that as well. If you don't actually need the iron, try to get a prenatal vitamin that does not. have iron in it and speak with your provider about reducing how much iron you're going to be having. Now, one last topic that I want to talk about are hemorrhoids because... Like I said before, hemorrhoids are common and constipation can worsen them. And so if you're experiencing hemorrhoids, I want to talk again about natural remedies for the hemorrhoids and also about medications for treatments of the hemorrhoids. If you don't know whether you have hemorrhoids, then you can speak with your provider to examine you to see if you do. If you're feeling a lot of pain and itching in your anal area, that can be a sign of hemorrhoids. Another sign of hemorrhoids can actually be bright red blood in your stool, oh, Always report that to your provider and sometimes it can be alarming but it's not anything more serious than just hemorrhoids that unfortunately are bursting and can cause you a lot of pain. Firstly let's talk about sitz baths. If you don't know what a sitz bath is then I will open your mind to something wonderful and if you do know what a sitz bath is you will know how wonderful it is. Basically it's a basin that is the shape of a toilet and you can insert it into your toilet bowl. Usually you have to take the top cover of your toilet bowl off, um, so not the part that you sit on. And you put the basin it fits to your toilet bowl, you then put the seat cover over it and you sit down and you fill up that basin before you sit down. You fill it up with nice warm water and literally it's like a bath for your bottom. A lot of people find that it reduces discomfort postpartum after you have a baby, especially if you have any lacerations. But it's also really, really, really great for hemorrhoids and nurse tip when you're at the hospital. If you are not offered a sits bath, then bring it up and ask your nurse nurse for one postpartum you can take it home with you and continue to do it at home and there's really no limit as to how frequently you should do the sitz bath it is recommended that you do it somewhere between like two to four times a day for comfort but if you want to do it more than that and it feels really good then go ahead knock yourself out don't sit on hard surfaces I have some patients asking me about donut pillows where basically it looks like a donut and the cushion is soft and then there's a hole presumably for you to, you know, for your perineum, for your hemorrhoids to hang down over there. That's actually not recommended anymore. Um, But sit on a softer surface, put a pillow under yourself or some kind of cushion or better yet lay on your side because that reduces the pressure on your entire perineal area. And then there is an essential oil called witch hazel. It is sold in the pharmacy. It's over the counter and it is very soothing. It has kind of like a, when you smell it, like a minty kind of smell and you can actually get something called tux that's the brand name um, or witch hazel pads we give that out in the hospital and um, they sell that in the pharmacy or you can just take a little bottle of the witch hazel and put a few drops on your pad and basically it'll give you kind of like a cooling sensation a lot of people find it very very comforting you can take some of the tux a few of the little tux pads and put them across your regular um, maxi pad onto the medications that you can use to treat hemorrhoids if they are really bad so there's something called dibucane cream Um, there's also something called a Dermoplast spray both of those can be used on your again your pad on your in your panties you can actually put it right over the witch hazel pads and put the entire what we call fondly padsicle um, you know put that entire thing on and again the Dermoplast and the Dibucane is a form of local anesthetic. It is sold over the counter. I believe both are sold over the counter, but you can ask for it when you're in the hospital postpartum um, to get some as well to take home with you. And you can use those two to help numb the pain of the hemorrhoids. And as I'm talking to you about this lovely Patsicle, I forgot to mention that you can also put, put ice down there as well. After about 24 hours postpartum, it's not really recommended to continue using the ice because we want to improve blood flow to the area and ice actually reduces blood flow um, so that your perineum can start to heal. But during pregnancy, you can try it out and you can try it out in the first 24 hours postpartum as well together with all the other stuff you get in that pad. Some people experience a lot of itching with the hemorrhoids. If that's you, then there is, you can, again, run all of this by your provider, but you can use hydrocortisone cream, which will help decrease the itching. The witch hazel should help with that as well. If your hemorrhoids are really bad or you have internal hemorrhoids that are, you're not finding relief Um, with the external medications and remedies that I just talked about, then you may be recommended to take a suppository. Um, Preparation H is the brand name, and I, I don't know the exact generic medications that are in that suppository, but this suppository can help you with discomfort. It can also help shrink the hemorrhoids, and it is a suppository that you put in rectally. And of course, the best way to help reduce the hemorrhoids is to keep your bowel movements regular. Make sure you don't have any constipation if you can avoid it. There's one last thing I want to bring up before I sign off, and that is the fact that Pesach is such a beautiful holiday. It is such a beautiful chag. It is replete with mitzvos, with positive commandments with requirements that we do that we find so special to connect to our heritage and to what we experience as a, as a Jewish nation. And there are so many menhagim, so many customs that we're really strict about on Pesach. However, I want to remind you that your health matters as well. And sometimes your health will supersede these requirements that you have on Pesach. And I want to encourage you that if you are hesitant, if you are really stressed about your health issues to go to your local orthodox rabbi to your rav and to consult with them regarding these health issues and do not be embarrassed each sock each halachic ruling is individualized and so it's important to include the details of your health conditions and so if you have severe hemorrhoids if you are severely constipated then talk to them and tell them that and it might be better for you to scale back and not even meet the required amounts of matzah that you should be having. If you get that Pesach, that's okay. This is not your year. You're not your season to be doing that. Your body is doing other important things and you have to keep yourself healthy. This doesn't just apply to constipation and hemorrhoids, obviously. This applies to a lot of other things related to Pesach that may just be impossible or not the priority for you to be doing this year because you have other competing priorities such as raising children and having babies i don't know that i'm going to get to another episode before pesach to discuss other pesach concerns but i hope that you found this helpful both for pesach and not for pesach and i am wishing all of you a kosher Pesach, as some other people say a happy passover and hope to see you guys soon take care thanks for tuning into the happy birthday podcast Head over to Academy on Instagram to continue the conversation. You'll find the link in the episode show notes, as well as links to any additional resources, products, and services mentioned here. If you love listening to this show, you can help it grow by sharing it with your friends and rating and reviewing it. To stay in the loop when new episodes are released, make sure to subscribe. Remember that your health needs are unique and require individualized medical advice. The podcast is not a replacement, and some of the information may not be appropriate for your specific circumstances. My mission is to educate you so that you can confidently collaborate with your healthcare team. I believe that a healthy mom and healthy baby are simply not enough. We also need a happy mom with an empowering birth experience.